Hello and welcome to BizPod. On this week's episode, we're interviewing Louise Duncan. Enjoy! It is so great to be back in the seat, yep. in person, with eyeballs, doing another one of these q and Definitely not the second time we're trying to record this. Absolutely not. We are yep. professionals. It's the first time. And I had to double check. We are recording properly <laughs> this time. Excellent, Um So yeah, we're doing a Q&A, which yep. uh, I, I enjoyed the last one we did on episode 35. And um, yeah, let's start where we started with myself. Excellent. And complete the Nakamedia podcasting lineage. Yes. What was, how did you get involved with podcasting? So we've been doing this podcast for six to eight months, we'll call it, because we don't actually know when we started it. We do, but not off the top of my head. Um, and so before that, I was also a little bit involved with Popcorn Profile, which is one of the podcasts that we now help host and uh, is in part of our network. Um, and I'm on there if and when they want me. Um, and I do a little bit of producing. Before that, whilst I was at uni... Um, I think I did it for about a year. I was a host on a podcast called Get On My Level, which was with some of my pals from Comedy Society. And um, it happened that one of their four hosts was uh, away and I think moving to Germany. And they were like, Mm. we need somebody on. It's very much a, you all sit in a room and um, the concept is that you convince people to get on the level and enjoy a piece of media, whether that's a game, a film or TV. So you you have to watch it together. It's a very in-person podcast. So... Uh, I was brought on to do that, and I think I did I did a season a year, um, which is quite good. And then before that, which is new information the, for the you, before time is when I was at high school. Um, when I was sort of in my last few final years, I um, recorded a few episodes, maybe three episodes of a podcast with um, some of the kind of online gaming crew that I had at the time. Um, and thankfully that didn't go anywhere <laughs> oh, well it's it's interesting for yourself because I think whereas mine when we chatted about it yeah. I was very much like the hosting nah you are a natural born host performer yeah. you're very good to just be out there publicly speaking well it was the kind of thing that we were doing all this online work and I do love the performing and the speaking and I had all that stuff and it's like look why don't we do a podcast with what we got mm. like we do all these chats all these evenings why don't we just record it I can set it up I can do intro outro embellishment kind of a little bit of marketing was what I was getting into was media and marketing at that time so I also wanted to sort of flex those muscles and try yeah. out that stuff so I was like yeah you know are you guys happy for me to record some of our chats and things like that and they were all a bit nervous but um also some of them were just super happy to do it so we ended up doing doing a little bit of that but it didn't go anywhere and th- uh, thank gosh because it is very cringy <laughs> and I still have some files saved on my hard drive oh my of a couple very cringy moments so those are not going anywhere or deleted mm, release them to the public i say <laughs> yeah and so then when i was then offered to be on one later because I, i've never ha- really had the equipment mm. i've never had the the setup or the time to be able to fully do it myself when i was offered i was like yeah absolutely oh incredible and is it what what kind of part drew you to it was the mm. was it just the the idea that you know this is something that we can do or s- do you like the hosting or the original content production style of stuff? Well, I definitely listen to a bunch of podcasts um, and sort of have for a while. I do have fond memories of um, Dad playing me bits of, um, what is it, Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant, yeah, and Carl Pilkington's the... very early podcasting stuff and being like, 
wow, I love this. Yeah. There's sort of some really interesting memories there. And I think I, you know, I have enjoyed radio. I'm a fan of like Radio 4, Radio 3. I quite like a bit more traditional, old fashioned stuff. I'm a bit a bit of old, old soul <laughs> um, for music and that kind of setting up and radio plays. Never did a radio play, but I did write a couple radio plays um, because they're so much easier mm. to write. Um, and yeah, there there was an interest appeal, but I never had this sort of setup for it yeah, until it, now. And I, I kind of, from uh, the sounds of things, really love this kind of period in your life from the sounds of it because you're such a put together, well managed, oh, incredible you. person. <laughs> and you. most people our age, you know, they're still figuring stuff out, like mm. in terms of management and yeah. stuff like that and you've taken to this incredibly easy but yeah. looking back you know managing well, servers so, and people yeah. and making sure people were doing what they're the, supposed to the need for management comes from a not so happy place in that um i've got chronic fatigue and have always struggled with tiredness issues i don't want this to be a sad story but basically at 11 i broke my arm and got really tired that summer and just never got mm. better um and had like I got bronchitis like twice in one year and I just would get ill and just be, t and it's basically, yeah, it's, it's the, some of the side effects that go with the syndrome of chronic fatigue or ME. And basically that meant I had to manage my life from mm. sort of 12, 13 onwards, especially when doing exams at uni. Yeah. Um, I ended up having to drop some subjects, even though I came out with brilliant qualifications um, I had to get a lot of support there and it would be stuff like I would have free periods where I would just nap because yeah. I just couldn't, um, I just couldn't do it. Uh, never was able to do homework, not because I was unmotivated, but because I would get home and I would go to sleep because I was tired. Mm. And if I did have any energy, it would go into like socializing because otherwise you become a sort of a recluse of a teenager. So yeah. being a very social and, you know, trying to be happy, fun kid. Um, you know, I think in managing my time, I was then able to do stuff like the theatre that I yes. have loved and the performance and the recordings that I ended up doing. Um, but it's meant I have all my my functioning life. I have always managed my time and my energy. Yeah. So that's why I'm so good at ah, it now. <laughs> so in that kind of uh, the yeah. vein of management and going yeah. into fear at mm. high school. And yeah. what was the things that kind of grappled you and kind of pulled you towards it's, uh, the fear earned films are sites. It's an odd one because I've always loved performing. Um, and there's this really funny video that I'm I'm in it, but it's more to do with Molly, that it's our parents and we must be like four and three, something like that, maybe two and two and four. Um and it's this like performance and the parents like Molly sort of finishes singing or whatever it is. I think I was on keyboard and they kind of hey and clap and then Molly's like, I'm not finished yet and sort of keeps on performing <laughs> and and that was very much the vibe for me and Molly as kids mm. was there was a lot of creativity and Molly's my sister. A lot of creativity. And our parents are incredibly encouraging of us to sing, never told us to stop singing, you know. So neither me or Molly have had crazy amounts of singing lessons, but we're both very good at singing because we just always mm. have sung. Um you know, always have just been creative and performative. Um, very outgoing people. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, yeah, like when I was at high school, there was the option. I mean, even when we were in France, there was option to play little parts in Christmas plays. And I was like, I don't speak French, but I'll do it. <laughs> um, and then when we were at high school, it was, yep, here's the shows. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, can I do some directing? Can I do some choreographing? Can I help with the music? Can I do some instrumentation? Mm. Can I play any of the instruments? Can I help make props? That's where I started my yeah. love of making because we were sort of so crafty. Ideally, I'm built for theatre. Oh. But naturally, here we are in the digital world. Yeah, and 
admittedly, you kind of went on that path. You did tons of theater, you did tons of plays, and then went to university doing yep. theater and film. Yep. Um, you you kind of curved direction. What what kind of inspired so I'm that? I'm quite a big personality, and definitely at the start of first year, I clashed with a couple people when you're trying to do performance stuff because what I find what I loved about it was the working with people, and the minute that then grades were introduced, it became very everyone for their own. Mm. you know invests and in, in interests and i hated it and also i'm very much i love musicals and much more contemporary ideas and a lot of studying theater that i did in that first year was ancient old things and not to say that there is not any value in that that i see the value but it's not what i enjoyed doing and making and being a part of mm. is these ancient old plays that have all this dumb language and whatever that's inaccessible in many ways yes but the theater side was where we were doing the performing and where we were filming the shorts that I got to write and I got to be a part of. Mm. Um, we won, the university has little Silver Swan awards and we won a little Silver Swan in first year, you know, and then, I, and then I just was sad with the theater and I was like, right, okay, this this is my options and what do I do? So I moved over to your course, Anton, and did film and media from then on. Incredible. And was Kel coming to university and getting those opportunities mm. the first time that you'd sorry to do filming or had you done like home movies or anything prior to yeah, that point it is quite again sort of cringy funny that i have these little old videos of the first phones that me and molly got that mm. you know barely even had bluetooth to get the files off of them um where we had like playmobil and doctor who figures and where we just recorded stuff and filmed stuff mm. um my mum and dad were media students back in the day so there had there was always a camera around the house and if we wanted it we were encouraged to make stuff um also when we had other family relatives visiting we ended up taking photos or doing a film or something and so it was almost sort of second nature by the time i got to the end of high school i had the opportunity to do an open distance learning course which is it's provided through your high school, but it was with the University of the Highlands and Islands up in Inverness. So once every two weeks, a Saturday at 5am, me and dad got up and he drove me up to a Incredible. class. <laughs> because of course, why would they do it over Zoom? You know, nobody had the internet for it, to be fair at the time. But yeah, uh, ended up doing that in media and I find that incredibly transformative. Mm ended up not doing me well that the course sort of fell apart but that learning that I did and that independent study and you know it was once I told the high school right I'm doing this and I want to do some filming they were like well we've actually got this old broadcast camera do you want to learn how it works so that was a whole lot of training of how do broadcast cameras work yeah. what are they used for all of this stuff filming on tape the joy tape it was wonderful and yeah it it was it's sort of second nature to me in a way um, so I think definitely now that we're so high tech, I'm starting to have to learn as we go because it's my innate ability of being able to do it. It can only take me so far. Yeah. But the technology knowledge I'm having to learn as we go. Oh. And Kel, uh, moving on, Kel, yeah. going through the lineage, uh, you know, you've just switched to film and media. Mm. And that's when things get a little bit interesting in terms of you as a creative because that's when you know starting to do more kind of commercially sales stuff yeah, doing more journalistic sales stuff kind of yeah. expanding horizons there well that's when i started doing the freelance work that's Indeed. when i think i got my first job was second year there was like a couple different months where i made something every two months kind of thing for most of it was for free some of it was paid very little um and then it was moving into third year i had heard through our good friend uh mike from raw films they 
weren't able to do this job for Carers of Islothian and I had mentioned, hey, I've got all this work I want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I remember going to him being like, any jobs that come your way, I want them and I need them. Yes. Um, and he was like, thumbs up, I'm with you. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it was like, right, we've got this job. You said you wanted to work, I got this job. And I went along to the initial meeting and I was like, I can't do this by myself. And at that time, I knew that you were interested and or we were maybe already in talking about working together. Yeah. And so, yeah, you were brought on and and we made our sort of our first piece of work together. Yeah, and it's been a, a hell ever since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the other day we found out that our initial meeting was like three years ago. Yeah. It's, November, um, which was like... Oh. It's kind of bizarre because uh, I think a lot of people that go into this line of work, they, they're either friends first and they've been friends yeah. for like five, six years. We kind of jumped in and we're like, yep. we would work well we're, together. We're business bros first. Yeah. Kind of what what did you enjoy about, you know, those initial projects? Because mm. uh, at least knowing our university, 90% of the students do end up having to make a advert of some capacity. And not yeah. all of them go off to do that full time. But you kind of leaned into that over time. Well, so we had a module that I think you talked about, which was um, media... Working, working in the in media. The, working in the media. And so I was given some internal QMU clients. And yeah, I was organising that. And the staff were quite taken aback at how sort of organised and functional the whole ah. thing was. <laughs> the final piece I'm not super proud of because we ended up having a bit of a creative clash in the edit room oh. um, that I wanted it to look very simple and professional and they were like no this is the only place we get to have creativity so it ends up looking a little bit of a mishmash um, but the actual work itself I think was decent enough we did some really good sort of interview pieces to camera and and what was really brilliant was I think hearing the feedback about it and and seeing it in place mm. seeing it working so yeah there was also like I was friends with somebody from the podiatry society they were making videos about um wanting people to donate their old shoes and so again you know we need a video I was like yeah I'll do it with you so that was putting it together making it there you go um, and then it was at the end we were showing it and their teacher was telling them, oh, how amazing the video is. I got no praise, oh. which very creative. Where, where's my praise? But there was a joy in the fact that the work was going to help people. Yes. And so there was a little bit of a, oh, that's what I want to do. I want my work to be able to hmm. be beneficial to people in some way. And then, yeah, did a couple other stuff for charity. I've done a lot of sort of little yes. pieces of we just need this, you know, for like an award ceremony or whatever. There's no money for it. And that I did... Um, and so by the time we did Cares of East Lothian, where we got paid for it, I was like, yep, this is it. This is what mm. I want to do. I want to make this video content if I can be hosting, if I can be using my craftiness, if I can be using my creativity in any way, I'm happy. Yeah, because I, I remember it was after fin finishing that Cares of East Lothian job and being like, wow, this will make a an impact. And, you know, there's many yeah. great conversations we had out throughout that project where it was like, yeah. wow, that's... Uh, very moving. We had a very couple moving. very moving interviews. And... You know, do you feel like that is the bit you enjoy about the process is having yeah. stuff that can have an impact? It's, I guess it's less, I want my work to make an impact, but I think it's the people that we work with along the way and that the people, it might help at the other mm. end. Um, because if you couldn't have guessed, I'm very people-centric. And so I'm one of those crazy people that really loves teamwork. Um, not because I end up in charge of the team, but because I love hearing other people's perspectives, I love knowing about creativity, I love working together, I love making something together with people, no matter the group, no matter the differences, whatever. And filming, though it can be done solo, is inherently, like theatre, a collaborative mm. process. And so I think I was drawn to those because they are big 
you know they are big yeah um, and and a little part of me wants to be a star i'm sure <laughs> um but i'm slowly learning to harness that ego <laughs> <laughs> oh incredible and that's um yeah you know how have you kind of found obviously that kind of purely creative side obviously mm-hmm. we had um our kind of short film so how did you do it yeah that was a very fun one where in which that's the most people that we ever kind of got and set together yeah. a lot of gears and you were at the helm yeah kind of visionary getting people together pulling the strings making it all run smoothly it's difficult with that film because so many of my ideas were shut down by our lecturer um, to the point where I really felt like I couldn't do it. Mm. Um, and I think this is definitely something that happens with, with women or people who are assigned female at birth that you can just get shut down, shut down, shut down and there hits a point where you just can't do it anymore. I just mm. can't deal with that much. You don't get it stuff. And it's, in other spaces I've been able to deal with it but just in that moment at that time we needed to get a good grade and I was like I can't do it anymore. <laughs> so I felt I really had to redeem myself in the pre-production side as I was a producer I think. Yes indeed. I was set as the producer so it was making sure we had the locations it was making sure we had all the costumes all the people, all the schedules arriving all the time all the stuff that I love to do this organising maybe it's a little um, Stockholm syndrome <laughs> the fact that I love it but I can easily do all this organising and I gave it my all um i do think the final film because we had such a short turnaround time because we spent all this idea coming yeah, up with we, ideas it was that a didn't good work. seven eight months of just yeah. scripts storyboard scripts but scripts. i think if we were going back to it now we could do a lot better of a job mm. but i think for what we could do at that time we did really well um and so i'm proud of it because of that incredible and kind of leaning off of that mm. throughout your uh, your career, all the work that you've done. <laughs> yes, my career. Uh, what What is some of the, your favourite projects overall? What, like out of everything? Yeah, what's some that if you had to like go to a family gathering and be like, this is what I do? Well, it would be the stuff we do now. Mm. I think the quality of my work, not only because I didn't have the good equipment, you know, I didn't have my own equipment really until two years ago I was borrowing and at that point there is just an unreliability especially if someone else's camera settings are all set up in a way that you don't have time to change so a lot of my work before kind of this year and and maybe before that really wasn't very high quality so though I have loved and enjoyed parts of it things like the theatre shows we either have no recordings of or the recordings are so Mm. awful it's no point watching it um, similarly with the shorts and stuff that I made for free they look like they're made for free yeah um and that's fine because that's all they needed to be um oh that's right I did a video for SNS for the students union um and they ended up winning a little award because we went to the effort of making the video oh, so it's that kind of thing that I'm proud of these pieces of work but I don't think they hold up to especially since the last year Mm. my now accepted standard of work i've kind of outdone myself i think Mm. in our work together but that's the whole point of why we work together and why i love to work with other people is that you can always do more than the sum of yourself absolutely and i I know for a good couple years chatting to you and seeing the work that you were doing Mm. especially in the photography side it was very much uh photography in spite of the the equipment you had at the time (laughs) Yeah, well, it's interesting that the photography again started at the end of high school, that it sort of hit a point where I was like, I just really like taking pictures. And dad had this old camera and he's like, do you want it? And I was like, yeah. And so I just went out and started shooting. And 
I was able to more recently look back at some of those original photos and it's even things like some of them aren't that bad mm. that there is a an understanding of like lighting and composition which I had never really studied art that I'm quite impressed turned up so early on um, but also my granddad, a really brilliant photographer um, and has done some really interesting photography work. And similarly, dad has always taken these photos. So it's sort of, there's a lineage mm. there. I know mom's very artistic that it was clearly encouraged at certain points and there's kind of a learning was built in. But um, it's been about like seven, eight years now that I've been doing photography as a hobby. Yeah. Um, and especially with the photography project that I just finished, there's a few pieces in there, not all of it, but there's a few pieces in there that I can confidently say are art and are beautiful and that I'm happy with, that I, I wouldn't change. Yeah. Um, and so it's quite fun to finally catch up that my art is catching up with the vision, basically. So now it has to surpass. Now it has to get ah, even better. Ah, incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's been really fun over the time that even I've known you to mm. see you hone and kind of develop your style. Obviously, in that time, you've went from kind of doing more so general nature stuff to really yeah. honing in on the macro stuff. And then recently, yeah. uh, taking kind of a very active lead into the portraiture side, it's been fun to see that development yeah well i think i love the macro because there's sort of such beautiful detail in macro mm. um and especially since we got the good kit i can now finally put the learning into practice and take the photos that i want to but i have always wanted to do portraiture because it's about connecting with people it's about telling the story through just someone's expression mm. someone's face someone's posing whatever but portraiture is very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> very difficult. So, you know, I started very simple with the black and white, which is, you know, traditionally you're supposed to go through all the different mediums and you slowly build up more and more. Um, and also um, I'm doing ourselves because I know your face so well and I know my face so well that it's a lot easier for me to pose us than anyone else. Yes. Um, especially with how much time we've spent just working together over the last year and of all the selfies that we've taken for the Instagram. Do you know what I mean? I'm Indeed. very familiar with our faces at this point. Um, so that just makes it infinitely more easy to try and get the shots that I've been thinking about for two, three years. Incredible. And, you know, I get looking at, like, especially your photography Instagram, mm. as, you know, it was very much this kind of growing emphasis into nature and then into macro. Yeah. And you've really knocked the macro stuff oh, out of the park. Thank you. And it I'm, makes... I'm getting there. I'm getting mm. there. That The equipment is so specialised. I think it's easy to just take a nice picture. I think it's very hard to take a good picture. Okay. I like that. <laughs> That's a good analogy. But, like, um... it was a picture of an ant. There was this part of this plant and it had an ant crawling up. And because it was so tiny and the field of view was so small, I just couldn't get anywhere the full mm. of the ant was in focus. I got it where either half of its legs are in focus, you know, the focus is either in front of it or behind it. And I was like, God damn it! Ah. <laughs> because it would have been this brilliant shot, yeah. but I couldn't get it. And so it's it's about learning that next time that I go, that's what I'm looking mm. out for. I take more photos. I'll do better. I'll I'll get better. Yeah. So where where do you see the next steps for you as a photographer are? Because mm. I won't lie, it does the lineage you've been on. It feels like you've hit like you're at the top of your game no, right now. I can do so much better. Is it kind of honing in in the macro stuff? Is it expanding the, the variety of stuff you do? What what brings you joy in that space? Yeah, I think I would love to do closer macro. Mm. I've gone quite safe and done wider macro um, and will definitely, I think, start to veer because the main thing with plants is they don't move. <laughs> so mm. I think starting to veer into things like ants and bugs and creatures, um, live macro is very appealing because there's a challenge to it, but also I think there's something 
something beautiful about feathers and motion and 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 texture I'm a, yeah. you couldn't tell i'm a fan of texture so macro is really interesting in that point of view but also i would love if we could incorporate something like that into a short film mm. because that's i think that's how i look as i look at these tiny moments and these are things i see things you notice um and if there was way to make that as part of a short film though all those little tiny moments of things that you feel things that you see things that you hear things that you smell all this whatever um i think that could be really beautiful Incredible. but you've got to be good at it yeah you've got to be good at it to do it how, how do you feel about the combination of let's say doing macro stuff of people you know yeah well it's i definitely my next sort of thing that i want to explore is the human body which is very you know like cliche whatever and i'm not trying to take just dumb photos but i think um there's a lot of representation in media of very specific body types mm. and not only do i want to explore what actual human bodies are like but also i think there is something beautiful in the hair on one's arm or in your eyelashes or in the side of a cheek or in those tiny little moments that we only see when we're with partners or or family or people that we mm. specifically love and engage in that way intimately with and so I think there's a wonderful opportunity that the macro camera can almost, or the lens can get in almost closer than your eye can in most situations. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's something I've been wanting to do for a few years, but obviously it hasn't been safe to have anyone inside for a year. Um, and also it is quite intimate in nature. Yes. Um, and so not everyone wants that. That's fair. But I I'm sure you'll you'll figure out what's next yeah, very yeah. shortly. And uh, kind of leaning onto that vibe of what you think is next how do you feel about you as a filmographer a um, videographer yeah. obviously we've done uh quite recently the year in business podcast mm -hmm. um which is incredibly exciting and we had a little bit of that but for you as an individual creative and yeah. kind of knack media site where would you like to see yourself go creatively i think it's difficult because i still don't quite believe in myself fully mm. for a lot of things so for the last few shoots that we've been doing, um, we're recording this sort of May time. I've had to do a lot of videography recently, which typically you do because mm. you're better at it and you're more experienced at it. Um, because too, why, much, too much credit. <laughs> no, but it's the kind of thing of why wouldn't we put our best person on camera kind of thing? Mm. Why wouldn't we, do, you know, it would be dumb to do it otherwise. So there's not always a lot of opportunities for me to do it just for the sake mm. of me doing it. Um, and I have had to do it for the for the sort of last few things, and some of it didn't turn out bad, but some of it was really good. Absolutely, some of it was okay. And so it's that kind of every time, every time I do it, I get better, I get more confident. Um, I would still have the goal of shooting, shoot, filming, filming and shooting, directing my own thing. I don't think I have the need to want to edit it anymore, mm. um, mainly because you're just so much better, and I'll just leave it to you. <laughs> Um, but I do want to direct, direct and shoot something myself, do, do the cinematography mm. myself, do all of that, because I think I could do something really interesting. But as with everything in life, it's about finding the right opportunity and the right story to tell. It's yeah. not just about, well, I want to do it because I want to do it. Yes. And how, how do you feel about the storytelling part of mm. filmmaking, I guess, to a lesser extent, photography? Because yeah. I know you've been somewhat burned in this department uh, in the least recent years. Mm. And a lot of the creative stuff that we do isn't inherently like, this is the story. But it has it in another way. I think because especially I did most of the original beats for the Rock and Bird stuff. That very mm. tiny short moment storytelling I really love. Because I watched a huge amount of cartoons as a kid. But also I'm really fascinated with the era of television where it's one man with plaster scene and they have to make a tv show in three days oh. you know, it's, it 
does all the voices. You do all the stop motion. It's all the same sound effects. I love that kind of era of, of 80s television. It doesn't exist anymore because it was way too impractical. Mm. But I think I really do love micro storytelling. And, and if I could work on more shorts of that kind of creative kind, I love it. But also I find real joy, especially with the photography, in um, being at moments and events where I can take photography. So over the last year, I was at the Black Lives Matter protest in Edinburgh, which was really important. Shooting that and showing the distance that people were and the care that was there and the real passion in people's faces. And I ended up choosing not to share those photos because... um, I didn't want to just be like, oh, look, I went there to take photos. Do you know what I mean? I, yes. I, I took those photos for me and, and because I think that was important, but also I was there as a protester and and felt really strongly about that. There was also um, a couple of different Polish uh, p- protests about the abortion laws in Poland, um, which I went to and also did photography mm. for that, again, about capturing a moment and the story that is told because you are there. I've done the photography for like the LGBT flag raising at Queen Margaret University. And again, you know, a story is told by what the events that happen there. And so I mm. love to capture that. I don't feel like that's me telling the story. I feel like that is me capturing the story that is already there. Yeah, so it's kind of almost leaning into doc- documentary style stuff yeah, and yeah exactly you know again that goes back to the cares of East Lovie and stuff that you know it has a, an emotional element to it but mm. it wasn't a you know emotional short story it was just inherently capturing or being able to find and kind of bring these stories and these uh, yeah, things yeah. to the surface was kind of where the archery and skill came into mm. yeah I mean I feel like you did more of that in the editing I feel like uh what how the shoots went was you did the filming I did the sort of questioning and setting up of the people and then we did a bit of the editing together but yeah. you did the majority of that. Um, so I feel like that story of piecing it together was a bit more oh, on your behalf. You sell yourself short. Um, but definitely I, I sort of, I found a joy in speaking to these people and hearing about their lives but also wishing mm. I could help them more. Yeah, if you had the opportunity and you, know, you had a bit of a check and you're like, go off, make a, a film or a kind of a photography collection what one would you go for but alternatively what cause would you be like i think i would like to do a film discussing this well i have one idea currently that i think i've maybe missed the mark for a little bit um that i've spoken to you about so i don't i don't want to give anyone spoilers because it might be something that we do but it's kind of i'm i struggle of where to start because it used to just be just hit the wall until something sticks but I hit a point where stuff didn't stick anymore, you know, where these creative ideas that I have just don't have any mm. solid basis or there's no way to do it. And that sort of destroyed that kind of motivation. It just did. And, and you know, for sensible, they weren't great ideas. You know, a lot of them were bad and whatever. And I get it. I get it, you know. But also there is kind of a, the I think the childish joy that I had in filmmaking is dead. Um, (laughs) And it is looking at things in a purely practical way now, which is maybe the way that it should be, is that, Mm. right, this is how we move forward, this is how we do it. One day I'll make a really nice documentary. (laughs) One day. Ah, You've done plenty already. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, obviously, in recent times, you know, we've started Nakamedia. Um, We've been going for a year or so, uh, depending on when this episode goes out. It never goes out. (laughs) Um, How how have you found becoming, you know, a business person? Yeah, it's not something I pictured for myself, even though, again, at the end of high school, I did do Young Enterprise, which is you make a business with Mm. your friends. Um, It didn't go so great. I remember I was the finance 
person which you're you can already yeah i'm already like "Hmm, well so somebody else wanted to be the top dog but they weren't good at organizing and my point was like well i'm good at organizing i could organize the money and i did the best with the no money that we had but i do remember we were at this final meeting thing and i had to tell them of why we didn't turn a profit (laughs) and i was like so i'm the salesperson let me tell you and there's like a clip online of it and it's hilarious but don't go looking for that but yeah i think that was definitely like a ooh, i never want to do that again oh money and yet here we are (laughs) Um, oh, sorry, as 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 um, business boys, and I don't think there is anything inherently wrong with business, but I think there are wrong ways to go about doing business. Mm. So, a lot of this year and the years to come will be me learning more and more about business as we do it, and as we get into mentoring, and as Indeed. we get to do work with other people who are more experienced. Um, I know we will be learning that, and so I'm reassured in the fact that I can learn and that I will learn. Um, but it's definitely the more the the it's not the passion behind the work that absolutely it's you you see there's moments when we have to do something incredibly businessy and it's like people get degrees in this yeah yeah you really get why people get degrees in business yeah and also why why would you why we didn't (laughs) why we didn't oh but it's um you know it's been an incredible year and how have you kind of have you enjoyed the ability to just be like we've got this company we can Kel, throw yourself at it. I I love being my own boss. Yeah. Because there are some days where I'm like, nope, I don't want to work. Um, or there's some days where I'm like, man, actually, look, this just came in. I'll just do it now. Yes. Um, and so I've loved that freedom flexibility, but also, um, again, with the ME, I get tired. <laughs> I get tired. And so sometimes I just can't do stuff. Um, and so even though I think there's still like a kind of a guilty thing that I have to manage around that, I know that at the end of the week, I will get everything done that I set to get out. It's just, it might not be within a nine to five Mm. hours this time during the day kind of thing. Um, That I know I'm, you know, and I have to remember that I'm incredibly productive and incredibly capable. Um, But I definitely think the ability to just nope out of it sometimes has really helped me, I think, throughout this lockdown year Mm. that we've had. Yeah, and I know yourself slightly more than myself, despite us both having incredible internships in the past and Mm. opportunities like that it has been that nine till five which doesn't always click with the creative process well i know we've talked about it before there's there's an amazing 3 3 a.m creativity spike that one can have um and i know i used to harness that a lot for my music writing that i just don't do anymore um same a lot of the music i just don't do it anymore i don't have time for it but yeah that doesn't work into a 9 to 5 and especially if you've got meetings the next day you can't afford to stay up or or go to sleep and wake up and do these things at these times so we sort of have to wait for creativity to hit us but i think i'm getting a lot better at channeling my inspiration and channeling my creativity learning how i can manage yes. it so it's sustainable um which i think at 22 is pretty is pretty darn good yeah it's pretty good yeah because i think that was our first couple projects as a company and it was just sitting down and be like not feeling creative today and then it was being like yeah. learning how to actually channel it as you say when we're tired and grumpy and we have to be somewhere and we're just out of ideas and it's like what do you do so i know i've got a couple different spaces where i've got like kickstarter ideas that kind of get the creativity flowing i also find working with you Mm. i throw stuff at you and i see what sticks you kind of have to go away and think about things for a while but understandably especially with the comedy that i did it's very much improv based i've done a lot of improv work so 
coming up with stuff out of nowhere is sort of something mm. that I can do. I see it as problem solving, then it's a challenge and then it's a fun game and then you can do it more. Um, and it's those kind of centers that I have to go to for my creativity. Fantastic. And as the, the final question, yep. I'm stealing one right out of your oh, real Oh, wow, book. you stole my question. I, I know. And that is if you had to kind of change field, you couldn't do anything yeah. digital media, couldn't do anything, you know, media technology what would yeah. you be doing i mean i feel like the hosting crafting stuff could go anywhere but um i i would love to be a teacher i mm. wouldn't really matter what i taught if i could teach music i'd be so set i'd love that incredible do it i'll set me up i'll do it i'll awesome. teach you music all right yeah. I, I need an education but brilliant um if you want an it edum- all started in the 80s <laughs> if you're needing uh, an education about yeah. our services and yeah. what we get up to where would people go, Louise? Well, so people can go to our website, which is nakamedia.co.uk. And on there, we've got our portfolio of work. We've also got a podcasting page, which tells you about our podcasting services. We've then also got just a services page, which tells you about what we do. Um, and also, we are on social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Nakamedia LLP. Um, and you can contact us and see our work on there as well. Indeed, and if you want to send us a little email, yep. info at nacmedia.co.uk. Beautiful. Uh, we're always happy to chat and see if there's anything we can help you with. Videography, Nothing. graphic design and photography. And uh, I think on that note, it's until next time. Yeah, bye for now. Au revoir. <laughs>